the third straight time, we're going to be switching stuff up again and doing our top five most committed roles of all times in movies. Um, I'm again joined by my brother, the dog. What up, dog? hey Quarantining again uh, from Gosstown. Uh, we're again in this pandemic right now, so making the best of it and really had fun coming up with the roles, uh, th- these five top roles. Um, little bit of uh, housekeeping to get to. We're going to do the timed again on our last podcast. We did five minutes for our top five Jim Carrey's carry rolls. Uh, this time we're going to limit it to three and a half minutes, um, hopefully keeping it nice and short. So um, before we get into it, anything you want to go over, dog? Or any- Yeah, so let's first just talk about, like, first off, me and Phil both had a lot of fun doing this research. And I think that's something that I want to address off the bat is how I set up my list. So... Again, it's the top five most committed roles. Okay, and Phil and I both discussed this beforehand, and and a lot, and, and and suggested we leave it pretty vague in terms of the, the guidelines. Yeah. Um. So we suggested we could do casts, even if we wanted to, and then narrow it down maybe to a specific actor. Um. We could do everything from physical. Um, commitments in terms of body changes to right. um, to psychological to um, time, just the amount of time someone puts in. So, anyways, we took a lot of, uh, of different things into to fact. We, we factored in a lot of different things to uh, in order to form our lists. And mine personally isn't necessarily a list of my top five favorite. It's a list of I've compiled of five roles that I think are first off the ones the straight off the bat subjective five roles that I want to talk about. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm glad you did that because I did that too. Um, not necessarily my favorite roles that any of these actors have been in or actresses have been in, um, but it's just during the research, just found that these were you know really strenuous not only from a physical but a mental standpoint for these for these actors. So. Um, why don't we get into it again? Once you, we're going to, we're going to do three and a half minutes. And every time you hear this sound, <laughs> That's so stupid. It, it is, but it's great. Anytime you hear that sound, then we're going to have to go on to our next, um, our next topic. So let me just start. Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I think I went first last time. So I'll, actually, why don't you lead us off with your, Again, going from five to one, yep. most committed roles, um, and I'll start the clock. All right. Tell me when. Yeah, go for it. All right. So, actually, this is a movie. Phil, my brother, gave me the DVD as a young child, as a young child, as a kid, and it changed me. Val Kilmer in The Doors. Wow. So. Excellent. Okay. What a great start. Okay. Go for it. Val Kilmer, first off, if you listen to that movie, he's singing, he does 15 songs in the movie that are specifically him. Uh, Talk about commitment. So this guy, first off, they went through, this is directed by Oliver Stone, and it was probably uh, eight to ten years in the making in terms of Oliver Stone, and then decided in the late 80s he was going to go with Val Kilmer, in, in which once he decided that, Kilmer just took it to... He, he dedicated himself. So he he not only worked with Paul Rothschild, the the uh, record producer who produced all of the Doors music. Mm-hmm. He worked with him in the studio to on um, pronunciation how Jim would go about things, certain energy put into certain certain. Um, you know, he'd give him stories to work off of. He'd give him physical tips. So he literally has the a person who has firsthand experience with Jim. And he stayed with it for months. All right. Secondly, the energy he put into the role. So if you see, if you've seen the movie, he does an amazing job. First off, he looks like Jim Morris. He does. Uh, which he lost. He lost a good bit of weight to be skinny. Um, which that is honestly a minor aspect for me is that he lost weight and looked like him because his voice. He worked on his voice to match it perfectly, um, and the energy he put into his live. Concerts. Not only was he playing to live arenas, but they were doing these shots three and four times with full energy takes. 
they said that they had in this in the uh, the shot and the whiskey go go. Uh, not to just spit out facts here, but just to reinforce. No, what keep them coming. He, he did twenty five takes of the end, and that is like a super long and intense, like really kind of crazy scene that they just took forever to get it, but. That, again, he supposedly was just physically and mentally just exhausted. But to to complement all of that, he, amongst his own people, he put out a memo saying that no one was allowed to approach him as Val Kilmer um, when he was on set. Now, this got leaked to the entire cast, and there was rumored that he was doing a, a, uh, a um, excuse me, uh, what, what, you know, a gym, oh, help me here. Uh, a, 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 like an Andy Kaufman type? Yeah, so what Jim Carrey did, a, a oh, method acting. Method acting, acting. Yeah. Think of, yeah. So anyways, uh, so he does method acting in that, and then he takes the role that seriously, so he gets leaked to the entire cast, and he doesn't want the entire crew to uh, to necessarily refer to him that, but it hits his people specifically. So yeah. it tells it tells you in his internal workings he took it that seriously, mm-hmm. and and on top of it all, it's a movie that changed me. I remember the specific day that I watched it. You gave it to me for either my Christmas or my birthday, and I sat up in my room and watched it in the dark. And I came out and I came down and had dinner. I can't remember you had a girlfriend at the time. I honestly don't remember who it was, <laughs> um, but I came out and sat down. At dinner, and I felt different. Yeah, like I was like totally submerged in that. But also being a huge Doors fan, uh, Val Kilmer was just like he owned it. Aruga. <laughs> I gotta say, I mean, just before I get into my fifth, that it's an awesome pick. My favorite Val Kilmer performance of all time. This was definitely on my radar for my list. There was people who were training him. I can't remember the name of the person that you said who was part who knew Jim, but said that he had completely transitioned into into um, Jim Morrison during that role. And I always thought that he was dubbing over, but he was real, the fact that he was really singing, he just sounded incredible. And he said they worked so hard in the studio that literally Paul they played the tracks next to each other and they couldn't tell which was which. Oh. Just, just an incredible performance and a great way to start off this podcast. I feel like my number five doesn't compare, but I'm going to get into it, so I'm setting the timer here. Yeah. Um, I, I really tried to leave this actor off my list, but I couldn't. Every time I kept coming back to like these you know, greatest roles or most committed roles of all time, his name kept coming up. Um, so I settled on for my fifth um, as, for Daniel Day-Lewis in My Left Foot. So... Okay. Kind of, this was the this was the role that he played, um, an Irish um, artist named Christy Brown, a, real, a guy in real life. Um, he was an artist who had cerebral palsy and could really only paint using his left foot. Um, so, as as we mentioned for Jim for uh, Jim Morrison or for um, uh, Val Kilmer, Daniel Day Lewis is just a notorious method actor that. You know, sure, really, I'm disappointed you chose me. Really, really get some. What's that? So that's kind of why I'm disappointed you chose Because he's a method actor. I mean, because he's just known for it. It's just go ahead. No, yeah, don't let me so, interrupt. No, no. So, so the things that that really spiked out for me, you know, over than any other thing that he's done method acting for, was that he spent almost a year um, in a wheelchair just getting to feel what it was like to be dis- disabled or to have cerebral palsy um the it, it actually ended up he he learned how to write and paint with his left foot as well as which he had to do a bunch of times in the movie i i know on tropic thunder we we're joking like you know people who you know really exploit those dis- disabilities in order to gain an oscar this was kind of like the start of that but i went back and watched parts in most of the movie and it was done in a tasteful manner um so Never go full retard. <laughs> right, exactly. We just spent a lot of time talking about that. But cerebral palsy is not retarded. No, no, but it was that it was it was a disability that you know would Correct. be hard to be done tastefully. Exactly. Um, and and he pulled it off. Um, he, he was committed. Like I said, he did a wheelchair for a year. The reason I I um, didn't leave or the, that I didn't have him as any of his other roles. 
Um, Lincoln was one that I thought about, um, but I found out that he was, he, he remained in character for Lincoln for like three months or whatever, or however long they were filming it, but he was texting Sally Field, like, and signing off as Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln wouldn't be using text, text messages, so I kind of ruled that one out. That, and there is a certain point to, or, or of Daniel Day-Lewis that I do roll my eyes at. Like, he makes it sure that the Academy knows that he's doing these method acting. So, that's a long time ago, though. What year is this? So this one was 89, so I feel like this one was... That's why I chose My Left Foot, because it was a little bit more authentic and, and nuanced at the time that he was actually becoming this person and going to restaurants and doing his, his whole life as, as if he was disabled. Um, and, and he was unknown at the time, so it wasn't like, oh, here's Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, doing these crazy feats. He was just a regular guy going through. So I thought it was a really good commitment to the role, um, and that's why I have it as my number five. And again, won the Academy Award for it, so he was recognized for that. All right. Well done. I, I, every time, I can't help but the picture the Dave Chappelle skit. Um, it, when he does uh, my left foot, or what, he <laughs> he goes into the the um, no, he, he's yeah, he's got cerebral palsy. He goes in with the walkers. Yeah, he slips on his, slips on his skateboard. He's like, oh gosh, I'm shot. Can I can I get just, something cold to drink? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and everyone just starts applauding him. Yeah, and he just like feeds off him. He goes, can I can I cherry pie? <laughs> Anyways, I can't help but think about that. But respect, dog. I, I you know, I thought he was going to come up um, in, uh, you know, that's that's probably the right film to choose. Yeah. In terms of, in terms of commitment. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, what was the other one he did? There will be blood. Was just he didn't do as much preparation. It was it was that was a darker role. He really didn't have to remain. I think he's kind of a dark guy, so he didn't really have to switch up his method too much for that. Same with, same, same with Gangs of New York. Right. All right, so why don't we get on to your number four. I'm going to start the timer for right. that. Now? Yep, you're good to go. Yeah, give, yeah, give me the go-ahead. Um, so anyways, this is one I've really struggled with, and I'm honestly still almost flip-flopping in my head. Um, but I'm going to go with The Revenant. Okay. All right. Uh, with Leo. With Leo. Because, only because I want to. Okay. And it's honestly, this isn't, that I had the person, and I'll talk about which I had at the end, after we discuss it. I literally, I crossed this out. Anyways, it's only because I love Leo, and I honestly, he was completely committed to the role, as he is usually. But the stuff that he did was just, like, awesome. He literally swam in those frozen rivers. He... He crawled into dead animal carcass for real. He with the he's eating raw animal parts, ripping off the heads of dead fish. He's spending time out in the cold. He's learning the language. He's um, honestly he owns it. But mostly, I'm, this is number four because I love Leo. First off, um, and. Uh, I love the movie. I saw it actually on my 27th birthday, I think, 28th or 27th, probably, if it was 2017. Anyways, um, and I was just blown away in theaters. Um, it helps that Tom Hardy was fucking awesome yep. as well. And it was just, so it's a super gritty movie, and yeah. I think his, his, his approach to the movie matches that grit. I agree. So I think just from the opening scene and then the part where they're carrying the guy who, um, uh, what is it? When they're kind of moving with Tom Hardy, it's a kind of the scene where they split. You can just tell they're going all out. Like it's just, it was, it was apparent like almost right from the get go and into that scene where like, this is the, these guys are acting their asses off and this is no joke right now. It's almost like they're pushing each other, and I don't know. Honestly, Tom Hardy might have given the better performance, in my opinion. Actually, I think he's he might be better in the movie, but uh, he's also one of my favorite actors. But Leo, in terms of his dedication, uh, just again the, just the physical stuff he did. You know, he also lost a ton of weight. You know, for those scenes where he after he's been attacked, um, 
But also, you know, I, I, I think it, I, it was, again, his performance matches the grit of the movie, which makes the movie that much better. And it's probably one of my top three Leo movies. For And so him being one of my favorite actors, I'm glad I made the choice between the two. I chose, again, I'll come back to what my number four was yeah. at the end. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do uh, honorable mentions at the end. But, I mean, I think it's a great choice. It's... It's, uh, I mean, it, you say top three, it but might, it might be my favorite. I think it was definitely an Oscar grab, though. Uh, to be, but honestly, but whatever, he's committed to be one of them. It doesn't matter. He went for it, and he, he did it, and I don't care. I just liked it. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about it. I love it. And, and I agree with the Oscar grab comment, but, I mean, for the leading up to it, basically 10 years leading up to that role, he had been doing Oscar grab stuff, but we were all benefiting because he was just putting, whether it was Gangs of New York or, I mean, even even Shutter Island or Blood Diamond, uh, Wolf, of, Wolf of Wall Street, like, right. he was just bringing it and not, and not getting the respect at the Academy, but coming back that much harder the next year to get it. Right. And, and this cultivated into what I, what I consider his his definitely his hardest role. And I think it, it might be my favorite Leo movie of all time. You're be, only because of everything that went into it and, and Tom Hardy, you know, right alongside giving him just as, if not a better performance. So it was beautifully shot too. So there's this one scene where they literally are like hundreds of yards away and you can't see him. Then the zoom, 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 zoom. And he's in the middle of this. Okay. this anyways. Yes. Yeah. All right. It was your number four. All right, my number four is um, from the movie Boyhood. Okay. Um, do you, rem- you remember the, f- the film? Yeah. So it, I, I went back and forth whether who gave the better performance, this guy named uh, Eller Coltrane or the director himself, uh, Linklater, Richard Linklater. I ended up going with Eller Coltrane mainly because of the time that this movie started. He's six years old and has to dedicate 12 years of his life to this character, Mason Zevin Jr. And for those who haven't seen Boyhood, it is a path from um, almost, not infancy, but but a very young boy at the age of six into his collegiate years. Um, And we're believed that the end of the movie ends when he's in college and he's 18 years old. Um, a couple of things that went into this during my research, he signed, he agreed to do this without signing a contract. So as since he, he was the main character, it was illegal at the time for anyone to sign a multiple year contract as a child actor. Um, they also went into this with no script. Um, so it was just as much a risk for the director as it was for a cold, for a Coltrane. Um, since there was no guarantee that any of the actors wouldn't, you know, something wouldn't happen to them or they'd have scheduling conflicts. Um, I thought that this was also a, a sacrifice for the sister, Samantha, who was played by Lorelai Link, Linklater, which was the director's daughter. Um, but at the end of the day, it was focused on the kid, on Eler. So that's who I went with. Um, I thought that there was a challenge in getting back a, a commitment in not only giving up, you know, a week or two of your summer every single year, but also having to like mentally prepare yourself in the weeks leading up to get back into the mindset of that character. Um, now, the director said that they mainly just saw they would write the script by contacting Eler a couple weeks beforehand and just seeing where he was in his life and then kind of building off of that. But, you know, it's still revving back up and, you know, giving up that time, knowing that from a director's standpoint that, once you film in that week, there are no more reshoots because you can't obviously go back in time and say, oh, I didn't like what he did in year eight. Let's go back now and, you know, reshoot. So you got every, you got to do everything. And that puts a lot of pressure, not only on the director, but on the actors themselves to get things right. Um, and also, you've also just had to take the, the risk of not knowing what's going to happen next year in your life. You have to be, you have to stick around. They lived in Texas the entire time while filming this. Um, and also from his parents had to give up, you know, sacrifice a normal, what would be a normal life, knowing that they could potentially be putting their kid in, into harm's way. And like, this could mess with his, with his, you know, psyche for the rest of his life. 
the last thing that I thought was was pretty impressive about this is that the budget for this movie was only four million dollars. So none of the actors took a salary above a million dollars in this, including him. Um, so or even not. Or exactly, this was a pat. This was strictly a uh, or, or truly a passion project for everyone involved, including the director. Which the movie? Oh, there's the there's the timer. The movie itself wasn't my favorite movie, but the fa- the way that they went about filming it and the commitment of the main character, uh, I thought deserved the fourth spot on my list. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's a choice that you have to consider. If you know. If you took, if you were looking at movies in this in this realm, I think you had to consider it. Um, everything you said, I totally agree with, and that's good. I, the research I did lines up right right with that. I didn't realize he he couldn't sign a contract. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And again, you know, it, it is a straight up passion project. But I think one of the most just my one note on it um, is that that. The formative, I think that it, it, giving up his formative years and being on screen and allowing his life to influence the script, that is like, that's racy, man. Yeah, like, that, yeah. Like, a lot that's, of pressure. That's a ton of pressure. And also, it's not like he was the most, like, and honest, in my honest opinion, movie, he's not the most compelling kid. No. No, I think they could have chose a, I think if they had a lineup of 10 characters, they could have chose... Someone well, he was be- like a cute little kid or whatever, you know, could have been something, but it's yeah. Like, no, I agree. Saying- I think he was a better actor in his in his younger years than he was in his teenage years. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. And I think yeah, they thought he was going to be a better looking kid too. But, but that's why Richard Linklater is uh, worth talking about as well because that's a fucking gamble. Yeah, for sure. That being, uh, that being said, I mean, doing a movie like this that's unprecedented over time, he he knew it was going to get acclaim no matter. what. Yeah, I think. Yeah, another another Oscar grab just based off of how they filmed it. So, all right, why don't we get into your number three? I'm uh, okay. I'm starting the clock now. Okay, my number three, Sylvester Stallone in Rocky. Whoa! All right. Yeah, yeah. This one, I was. This is one that I decided to add to my list during my research. Wow. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm blown away by this pick, by the way. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, I am honestly stoked by it because okay, I can I can when I first you know we we grew up on Rocky and Rambo, uh, all these movies that slides kind of he's not a joke, but he's like an action hero. Like you know mm-hmm. the again the the uh, the work that actors put into stuff isn't really acknowledged yet. So we first off, Sylvester Stallone wrote in and starred in this movie. He didn't direct it, but he wrote and starred in it. And it's like his first like real legit film. And he put his entire worth into it, literally. And of course, physically, he's literally prepped for boxing. Um, like, in having such a unique story, him being a southpaw, being a lefty, like in the boxing world, having his own script, like he really put his full self into it, not only physically, but... Uh, his his career, honestly, that's he, and it wasn't. It's before a lot of the times where actors were writing their way onto shows, which is happening now a lot. Like people like Childish Gary, uh, Donald Glover, and stuff. Like if mm-hmm. you're a writer, you're bound to, you know, you can find your way. And Bill Hader, same thing. Um, but uh, but anyways, for the time, it's just uh, he he put his his full self into it, and I. I Listen, I remember when I first gained uh, respect for him is when Dylan, me, and Darko and Jared were traveling the States and we uh, stopped at a thrift store and found these bunch of these tapes, these actual tapes that you put in your, your car. What do you call them? Just tapes. Yeah, um, yeah. Audio tapes. And uh, not VHS tapes, audio tapes. And uh, anyway, so we were like, you know, bored driving 14 hours at a time. So we bought this this whole bunch of Howard Stern interviews and we listened to Howard Stern pry into Sly Stone, who is a private person, a very private person. And, and you know, Howard really pushes him, but he also pushes him to show emotion and, yeah. and the struggle of his career. I think Rocky not only is, is I chose it because it, it represents, I think his group because if you look He's actually lost a lot of money, and most of his projects are he produces and funds and writes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I really, I think it's an hour out of the box choice 
But I think it's worth noting. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at him physically. He's freaking jacked. So and he's- it's the physical commitment, the monetary commitment. He put his blood and soul into, like, into... I remember seeing some of these extras where he choreographed every single punch of every single fight. That yes. and, and he's right now, including the creeds. I think he's on about the eighth, the eighth movie. So that's a, to commit yourself seven, including the creeds, seven movies. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if they're including the creeds. Well, so there's five, five Rockies. He did Rocky Balboa and then two creeds. So, right, 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 so that's right, eight. Right, right. But he, yeah, he's yeah. just put his whole life into this franchise. That and the Rambo franchise. And but what's amazing is each movie wasn't guaranteed. Not every movie until the third, which obviously lacks, or the, the fifth actually lacks um, script. Anyways, but he 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 is that the the yeah that's, signal? that was the timer. Yep. Anyways, I think it, it really defines his career, but it also speaks to his commitment to his craft. Yeah. Even though he's a freaking action guy, there's heart in that shit and. The fact that he's doing so much of it, I think, is the commitment. You know how I said before this, like, I was going to be pissed if once you said one and I didn't even... This one, I wasn't even on my radar, and I'm glad you brought it up because... And I'm actually kind of pissed that this was this is on here, especially with, with what I have for my next one. <laughs> so this, and again, we'll talk about research later on, but a lot of my research was looking at top 100 movie lists, and yeah. which are all so subjective and different. True. Uh, but I went from site to site to site looking at top 100s, trying to be inspired, because I had my, you know, my core choices that I had in mind, but I wanted to think about things a little different. In a little different light. So, yeah. So what did you have for your number three? Okay, so this is, I mean, another physical character um, who who gave his life to a franchise. Not in the same sense as Rocky, but I have Johnny Knoxville in Jackass as the movies. So this, nice. So this comes from, between him and Jeff Tremaine, that's where the writing comes up for. They still had to do the writing for these... Darn. I love this. Yeah, it's a little bit out of the box, but they still had to do the writing and come up with with these acts and like these stunts or whatever yeah. gimmicks that awesome. they had, awesome. which which is just as much. I think there's just as much genius in that in the comedy and physical comedy and execution of that as there is in the toughness that this son of a bitch had to endure. Okay, Knoxville, you look at you look at Knoxville. Right, hold on, just a second. You look at Knoxville right now. And he is weathered. I'm going to quickly get into a bunch of this, like the highlights where he really kind of had life or death situations. But what were you saying? Go ahead. Uh, we'll, we'll talk later. Okay. So just a few. Um, he, so just to reiterate, uh, he did three seasons of Jackass before he did three movies, not including all that, uh, the outtakes, which they, they released separately. Um, some of the major things that he, that he got his ass kicked in was the first was, was the fight with Butterbean. Um, in the in the store concussion yeah, concussion they had to rush in um, uh, he gets knocked out he hits his head on the side of a glass display right case. his he's starting to swallow his tongue and then on the way to the ambulance they have to stitch him up with about 20 to 30 stitches in his head just to get his you know his scalp sewn back on the other one was from the another one was from the movies he does the rocket to the moon stunt where he's basically on this wildy e. coyote rocket like something you'd see at an Acme oh, yeah. Looney Tunes and the rocket goes right through near, near his ribs. If that oh, thing was yeah. six inches to the left, it, it would have just gone right through him. He would have died and that would have been the end of Johnny Knoxville. And he, he laughs it off. Oh, yeah. And he laughs it off and then does it again. He gets right back on the rocket like an hour later and does the exact insane. same thing. He's insane. In, he's in, just for the shot. He has this stunt with uh, Matt Hoffman, the bike, the bike rider, the stunt bike rider. He does this backflip where it doesn't go right. And the bike just goes 20 feet in the air. The dirt bike then lands on him, and he's pissing blood for the next week. Um, internal bleeding, and from what he said in his interview that I watched, his dick never worked again after that, or it, the same after that. So his urethra was ruptured, and his he's still able to get it up, but he can't, like, wow. his dick just never was the same. Um, and, then any, and then anything he ever did with a bull. He was just gorged multiple on multiple. What is with him and Bull? He's got what this weird that? obsession. With Bull. I don't know. It's, but it's it's he's a lunatic and a genius at the same time. As much as that's weird to say about Johnny Knoxville, he gave 
he fully committed his life to being a jackass. So that was my question, dog. I was going to sorry to interrupt. Uh, is there talent in this? I think so because I think if you and I sat here and came up with all these like crazy stunts, we couldn't have been as funny as as these guys. And, so or, it's, or, it's or, as tu- or as tough, or as tough, or as tough. I feel like you and I would do maybe ten stunts total, and we'd just be done. We're just like fuck this. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna risk my life for this. So you're you're saying it is talent and skill to say, oh, we're gonna do this, but instead we're just gonna be wearing thongs, and that is what's the yes. part of yeah. it. Yeah, recognizing the whole, bringing that whole picture together, as long as the the toughness and the commitment. And Johnny it, Knoxville is the right choice amongst all of them. Although you could talk about Steve-O, you could talk yeah, about yeah, Steve-O was uh, my second one. But Johnny Knoxville, if you go back, he's he's the crazy guy in all this. No, but he's the he's the mastermind, and I'm glad he's. That's why I think you because Steve-O, they could just he's you, you tell him what to do and you know yeah. he'll do it. Whereas Johnny Knoxville's thinking about all this stuff, or and then also acting up. But all one of the most resilient bodies that God had ever made. If there's yeah, that ever made. The know? fact that he's still living is a miracle. Though, though he does in this interview that I saw, he's he's pretty haggard. Um, all right, so why don't we get on to your number two? Did the timer go off? Uh, I'll start the time. Yeah, the timer went off for me. Um, we could probably you'll be able to hear it on the pod. It's just probably yeah, not coming over cool. FaceTime or. Uh, Great choice, Doug. I honestly, I'm so glad you chose. I, I think the most value on is our number three picks. I loved your Rocky. And I thought that Johnny Knoxville was the one that you loved the most. So. I don't know. Just, just wait till you hear my number two. Okay. Timer's going. My number two is Sasha Baron Cohen in Bruno. <laughs> okay. Explain. I'd like, I'd like to hear this one. Okay. Talk about putting yourself in bodily harm's way. Like, literally, he's in threat of bodily harm in most of the skits that he does. Oh, yeah. Okay, dog. He literally incited a riot in that final scene when he's in the cage with his uh, his little his, his assistant, Hans, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he invited those people through Craigslist and said, $5 admission, $1 beers, and women... And then they literally all fifteen hundred people showed up, and they had to, they had to after it was all done, they had to scurry him out of there, hide him, and get him out of the state because he incited a riot. It's, it's nuts, and it never broke character. Never broke character. So that's another thing. In front of all of these, uh, all these politicians, and uh, okay, in front of a fully black audience. He holds up. Okay, first off, let's talk about balls. The guy, the balls that the guys had. I mean, that's why he's high up on my list. So, so explain explain the one of, with the black audience. You're talking about the naming of his child, right? So he adopts a child, a black child, and he goes in front of a Jerry Springer type show. It's not, you know, a notable one, um, but it's an all black audience, clearly conservative black audience, in. Uh, and he doesn't, you know, they're talking about his lifestyle. And he doesn't bring, and he brings up the black baby, and of course, this huge reaction. And then he tells them that he, the baby's named after a traditional African name, OJ. Uh, <laughs> and then just the crowd, the crowd erupts. Yeah, and oh my he God. literally, you literally, and the, the the host thinks he's real too. Yeah. Uh, like, and then he shows a picture of him like riding on bikes without him, like being your snakes or whatever in all these dangerous situations and I, honestly so not only balls but i, I think all right commitment to character not breaking well, character. well that that whole movie too he's the it relies on him making everyone around here all these strangers around him believe that he's for real we're watching the movie going this guy can't be for real but in real life he's convincing Rand paul he's convincing you know, that audience, a whole rodeo worth of people that he really Paul is Ab- this. Paul Abdul. Yeah. Um, like, it's, so it's all, you're watching, it's just like, how do you not know that this is Bruno? But I think that speaks to his commitment to the role and his, you know, his acting chops. Commitment, it's, it goes beyond a movie as well. Um, it's, uh, so what I have, I have here underlined my, my notes here, I have bravery and I have a couple different things, but interrupting reality. So it's not just a movie; it's not fictional. 
He's in real people's lives yeah. doing this. It has real life percussions. Um, not only, again, to threat to his own well-being as a physically, um, but also um, his, you know, he's he's affecting reality and really causing a stir. And he th- he basically doesn't care what anyone thinks. He will go. He will do anything to to cause a stir and to and to really get. Uh, I know the timer's up, but to really get authentic and uh, gut wrenching reactions. Yeah. And, and a lot of these times he gets, because it's a reality, he gets one take at this. So if something messes up, not only his, could his life be in danger, but they, they could just blow the scene or not get the reaction that he wanted to. So, yes. I, Doug, when you first said it, I was kind of like, what? And now, now that I think about just him as an actor, like that's, that's what he, that's what, that's what he does. But, and, and in this one, it's, it's probably the most, Borat was like new, but I think he has perfected it by Bruno. And right, but it, but it was also I also considered his show, his new show. But it's you know we're talking about movies, but his role, his show, uh, this is America, where he literally is challenging all these conservative right people, yeah. um, and all these different characters. That's that's really ballsy as well, um, and arguably more controversial. But I think Bruno really hits people in the gut. Yeah, um, it, and, it, but it, also yeah. The, I remember just being uncomfortable, like that scene with him and his assistant, where they're just like you know, dildoing each other with the office chairs. Even like when I first saw that, I was just like, oh my God, all right. He's, he's going for it in this one because I'm slightly offended by what's going on here. But at the same time, I was laughing my ass off. I, I, I gotta love that. It's one of, that's our dad, one of our dad's favorite movies that he brought, he brought to show his buddies in Utah, yeah. their skiing trip and uh, they did not get it. So Cheers to you, Dad. Well yeah. done, buddy. And a great choice, Doug. Number two. You, you talked me into it. I, you got me there. Well, I think that's, I think it's definitely, talk about commitment, not breaking character, bodily harm. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's definitely a good one. All right. So, I, seeing this one coming in, this will be my number two now. Um, looking at this one, I'm, I think, yeah, I think I might like your number two better, but just hear me out on this one. So, my number two is, is going to be Uma Thurman in Kill Bill for her role as Beatrice Kiddo. So, so off, off the top, not only does she have to learn three types of kung fu, she had to learn Japanese. Um, this, was, this was filmed three months right after she actually gave birth. She gives birth within the movie, but also was pregnant before. She had to lose 30 pounds. Again, I, I try not to do too many of these body change things, but... She really put her heart and soul into this role, and a couple as I as I researched this role a little bit more, um, I realized that some of these scenes would just go on for marath- marathon. So that scene at the end of Kill Bill One, where she's eventually leads up to fight Lucy Liu, she spent eight weeks on the set in order to film that. With the with the crazy eighty eights. Yeah. So if you go back and, and see Lucy Liu isn't in that oh, scene. Is, these are one of my some of my favorite favorite films. So this one I think is is why this one's so high because I love the movie so much. Both RZA, both RZA did the sound for it soundtrack. Right, and that whole final scene when I when I heard that she had put that much time and effort, knowing that that's one of my favorite scenes maybe in cinema where she's yeah. just what what is she acts like seventy. You know, kung fu right. artists. Loves the crazy '88s, but it's not really '88. Like. Yeah. So another st- exactly. So another story that I found from this too is that Quentin Tarantino made her do this car stunt during. Yes. Um, yes. You had heard about this, all right? So okay. I, I hope you touch on. This. Go ahead. So so yeah. So she does the car stunt. She I, I went back and watched the movie. She's clearly concussed. And injured, she injures her knee in this. So a lot. So later on in, in Kill Bill One, you'll see her limping around, and it's for real. Like it's not just because she's haggard. She really did some some damage to her knee. Yep. And and during the promotion of this movie, she was told to keep this silent by Harvey Weinstein. Yes, good. I'm glad you're touching on. So not only did she have to commit to the role itself, like that was that enough was probably enough to get it on my list. But she had to sit there and smile and push the company line, knowing that this dirtbag didn't want this to leak so it wouldn't hurt the sale of his movie. And she had all the dirt on him as far as like the sexual stuff as well Absolutely. during Absolutely. this whole thing. So I thought that that was pretty, 
I think looking back at it, pretty brave and pretty ballsy. And she had to commit all this pain, both mentally and physically, into the role, as well as become this kung fu ninja warrior knife fighter that she probably wasn't beforehand, three months after she just gave birth. Yeah, speak a little Chinese here and there as well, Japanese, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I to- I, that's a really cool choice. Um, I wouldn't even have considered it, honestly. Um, it's one of my favorite movies as well. What would I, what would you, how do you respond to the fact that uh, Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish and that she like found that out through the movie? Oh, too? I, I see, I missed that in my research, but. But, well, that's something that I've heard through the grapevine that Quentin, if you look at Quentin's movies, he puts a lot of camera time on feet. And really? It's weird, man. But and, and I thought she, I mean, physical, of course, um, you know, but all this stuff, I think that's really good research and good depth on your part and taking the Harvey Weinstein, the Weinstein part into it. Yeah, so, that, yeah. That's, what, that's what moved it up to number two on my list because if she's going through all that physical stuff at the same time, and having to, you know, maneuver around this skis ball who's, thank God he's going to jail now. Um, I, I, I just think that it's it's probably something looking back that, that was one of the top most commitment roles or, or toughest roles of all time. All right, so... It's definitely a really tough role. We've, she had to be committed. We've come to our number one, dog. Is it okay that my number one has changed throughout our conversation? And yeah, man, go with it. Like, this is your list. So, did you... Okay. Well, maybe... All right, all right. So, my, my mind has now changed, and we might even share it, because uh, neither of us have brought it up. Uh, Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Okay. No, go on. You're, you're rolling. The time is rolling on you. Okay, Heath Ledger. I mean, so, I think we have to bring it up because it's not about... I think it's commitment that he didn't mean to commit. Uh, I think it's it's honestly he of being a great actor, being someone who was invested in the role. I think he got into these dark spells, and and I think, so some actors go in like Jim Carrey doing, and you know as we it's easy uh, reference just because we talk about him, yeah, and you know really have the ability to keep not keep their head on a swivel, but stay alive. He died. Yeah, um, because of this character. Yeah, his life, his lifestyle at the time, not only fed into how good he was in this role, but ultimately killed him. It really, it did, and I, and I wonder, you know, I, I don't know. It, you, no one knows what's going through his head at the time. I think I chose it because um, committing is not a choice sometimes. Um, and I think some of these actors get wrapped up in stuff like, was Uma, is that commitment or is that, entra- is she, is she imprisoned or entrapped, you know, like, like, uh, almost like yeah, a stock and, Stockholm syndrome or like you're a slave to the role or exactly. Your and, passion. I that, and I choose this and I switch it up at the end because I'd rather talk about this than boyhood. Yeah, that was my number one. I could tell by your face. The audience can't see our faces, but when I said that one, I knew I had stolen it from you. I didn't realize it was your number one. Well, it just in terms of commitment, I, I just the uh, everything you hit on, you nailed it. Yeah. First, so let's research. keep talking about Joker then. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, Heath. Uh, so we again, this is I think. So you could talk about certain physical roles. You could talk about certain psychological roles, the tolls. Uh, it's very apparent for him, and I think it it echoes throughout Hollywood. And and I think in terms of commitment to roles, I think people really kind of had to put themselves in check. And whenever you see someone, an actor approaching something a dark role like that, Heath's name is going to come up. Yeah. And no matter what, especially with the amount of Joker and Batman movies that they do, Heath's name is going to come up in terms of whatever antagonist. Uh, you know, it, it is, is played just because of the nature of it. Also, it, you know, you can't forget that someone got shot up in a movie theater during the screen. True, of that. true. I there's mean, a there's a lot add, around this. Just to add to the had the, the how ominous the the whole performance oh, it's, was. It's a legend of this role. It's a it's just a legend that that's surrounded by this role in general. Two Oscars. I mean, just in the last what twelve years, two Oscars have been won for this role for Joker the most recent being Joaquin Phoenix. But um, I mean, I don't know if he did necessarily the whole method thing, 
But um, I mean, this one obviously came up well, in my research. He he, he, he locked his method acting on a fictional character. He wanted to know what it was like to be secluded away from and and sheltered or. Uh, away from society like Joker forces himself to do that and I've read that he locked himself in a hotel room for a month before filming this no one had known what, no one knew what he was doing in there it's only you can only imagine he was probably not treating him yeah not treating himself too well in there and, 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 anyways he was in he's probably in a dark time but that darkness really shines through in just like the the helter skelter of the Joker character and I, I mean, I think it's a great pick. Certainly one of my honorable mentions. And I'm, I'm glad we not just blipped it at the end. And I'm glad you switched it to be your number one here. I think I think it deserves the number one status for its legendary status. But also because of it, where it ranks in my, I just am so taken with that performance. Yeah. And just the, again, the truth behind it all is makes it that much more legendary. Um, so anyways, yeah. we, we still got time here. All right, dog. All right. Drum yeah, drum roll. My number one, I mean, it's going to be kind of anticlimactic. Uh, anticlimactic. I think what we both did at our number fours was take each other's number ones. My number one is Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. No, switch it up. Come on. No, I don't I don't have any backups. I, like, my backups were Joker and, uh, well, it wasn't Rocky, but I, my, my honorable mentions, I just didn't do enough research on it. But I do have enough research that I didn't mention in your time that I'm going to bring out here. Um, Leo's, Leo's commitment to this role was something that in all my research, I just couldn't find any comparison to, um, though he didn't do the method actor acting that we've kind of mentioned for a lot of these. He just threw himself completely into this. He's quoted to saying that this is by far his hardest role. And if you, you know, you and I know Leo's methods, he, he always puts himself into a role and for him to say that this was his hardest, I've got to believe it. This wasn't just to sell movies. He was thrown out there in freezing cold weather to the point where it averaged anywhere from zero to 25 degrees with a low of minus 40 at some points to the point where they had to shut, like the crew members quit on, on the, the director and on Leo. They had to, they had to postponed filming this for four weeks which if with, by bringing him and Tom Hardy into it, just fucked with their schedule for any time after that. I, I learned that Tom Hardy was supposed to be in that. Um, uh, what's the one with Will Smith and um, Harlan Quinn? Uh, it was just some, some silly, um, you know, superhero movie that they were supposed to do. Uh, after, Suicide but, Squad. Yeah. Suicide Squad. Thank you. Um, like you said, he the the scenes in which he's he's surviving on just raw animal carcasses. He really had to eat raw liver. He got he said he got the flu twice during during the production, and then some of these sniffles that he has is just him coming off of the flu, and like he, these are authentic sniffles that he has. Um, he also after filming this, this really this really took a toll on him in the fact that he took four years off after this. So his next movie after the Revenant dog was once upon a time in Hollywood. So he didn't do a movie for another four years after this. Cause this one beat up, beat him up so bad. It could also be that the fact that he got the Oscar, but he didn't know that usually going into Oscar season, you usually have your next project lined up. He did not because it just beat him. So, so much that and with the delay in five weeks, they had to, because of the, the change in climate in where they first started filming in Calgary, Canada, they had to then move the entire set, the entire crew down to Argentina to film that last sequence where they're hunting each other in the, in the mountains. Um, yeah. So that actually was filmed in Argentina. So to just uproot your life over the, over the course of the six months that they had to film this, I thought was another reason why he was just completely committed to the role. He of course won the Academy. He's won his first Academy Award, and I just thought it was well fought, well well done. Not only that, and I think I think it is looking back now, having all this time between now and the movie, it is my favorite Leo movie of all time. Um, so that so that definitely goes into my number one ranking as well. Well, I, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I didn't want to put it too high up because, again, I, I think it's not. It took a toll on him, sure, but it's like a toll of choice, almost. Uh, yeah. I think 
I like my number one because it wasn't a choice. Yeah, but you audibled from Boyhood too. So, I mean, we both definitely are on the same mindset from there. But I'm glad, And I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did because Joker needed, needed to be on one of our lists. The sacrifice of choice and, like, subjecting himself to, again, his formative years being on camera. Like, and, again, to talk about sacrifice, these are years. These are years of yeah. people's lives. Like, so, so, so just for our listeners, before we get into honorable mentions, let's just recap our, our final five, um, our last five, starting from five to one. Mine was Daniel Day-Lewis as Christy Brown in My Left Foot, followed by um, Coltrane in Boyhood, then Johnny Knoxville in Jackass, Uma Thurman in Kill Bill, and then finally Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. And then you're, you're, you're five to one? Mine were uh, Val Kilmer in The Doors, um, uh, Leo in The Revenant, um, uh, Sylvester Stallone and Rocky won. Great pick. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen in Bruno. And then my number one was uh, <clears throat> Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Pretty good. Pretty good all across the board. I, I love all of our picks. And I don't think, I mean, and people who are listening, you guys can let us know if we missed any any really significant ones, but... So uh, well, let's get into this. Well, yeah. Okay. So, so which ones did you consider? So, all right. So, so much of this film again. Phil and I, I think, really we're anxious to do this podcast because we just had a blast. We're enjoying the the, the list format, uh, but also researching it. I was just going over a bunch of people's um, top hundred lists, and it just again there was just like little inspirations here and there. That was fun. Um, but also talking to dad on the trail today. So my number four that I switched to the last minute. Okay. Yeah. Let me know. I'm still here. Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. All right. Yeah. That was really eccentric. Yeah. It's the movie directed by Casey Affleck where Joaquin changes in real life as Joaquin Phoenix happening in real time amongst the reality he commits to this new alter ego as a rapper and as a uh, just kind of a recluse and just kind of like a really off-putting personality. Yeah, right. With um, with Casey, Casey Affleck who's kind of uh, by his side the, the entire time during that movie, kind of coaching him through. But I remember the feeling. So I just don't, I don't want to spend too much time on these since we are at the fifty-two minute marks already. But I just remember. We weren't sure if he had really lost, we've lost Joaquin Phoenix or not. Like he kept, in real life, he was the only one who like kept you guessing, like, is this guy gone batshit crazy? And to this day, we don't even know. Like, I think it was part of it. Um, I think it was like a, an outward expression of his frustration with Hollywood yeah. and stuff. You know, he was just coming off of being great in Gladiator mm-hmm. um, and, a, and a couple of different movies like that, which were also pretty dark. Um, All right, so what, what else do you have for honorable mention? So, okay, I, I thought that was worth honorable mention. Oh, no um, doubt. I also had um, uh, just ideas I ran through is Keanu Reeves in the John Wick movies. Okay. He is not only – so the timing of those movies is like every, he does everything, and they happen in real time. It's not fast cuts. It's not – so they have the police academies use John Wick as um, – training videos in order how to properly disarm people yeah. and to take them down. So for his, his commitment in also watching his training videos of like working those guns and actually doing everything at his older age, I think is pretty sweet and committed. Definitely. Uh, any, any other, I, I, I love those movies too. Any, so you, don't have, you don't have any you want to add? Um, I do have two um, that I, that I thought about adding. One was Tom Cruise in Eyes Wide Shut. Um, I just hear stories from about how Stanley Kubrick really broke him down. Um, I think Tom Cruise spent about 18 months on that one. And Stanley Kubrick's just known for cut, it's not good enough. Cut, it's not good enough. And really kind of tore into the psyche and challenged Tom Cruise, who was, you know, for all intents and purposes, was just kind of doing fun, you know, summer movies, Top Gun, Cocktail, up until that yeah, time. He's- Tom, Tom's a good actor. He does all of his own stunts for Mission Impossible. Yeah, but he hadn't done he hadn't done the Mission Impossibles yet. This was this was the first time that he, I think he changed. If it wasn't for that movie, 
and that commitment from Tom Cruise that he wouldn't have the second half of the career that he's having right. So that's his that's his Vinny Chase crash the motorcycle moment. Uh, yeah, yeah, more or less. It, you can kind of divide his career right at there, and and I think it was from the commitment in that role. But I I saw Tom Cruise on my final one, and I was just like, I can't, I can't have him. Me neither. Yeah. Um, the other one that I had was uh, Christian Bale in the in the Machinist. Um, yeah, yeah. I think you and you and I. This is the movie that sparked this list. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, the role wasn't so much a dedication rather than a body transformation. I think he ended up exactly. getting down to about a hundred. I mean, Christian Bale's like six two. He ended up getting down to about one hundred and sixteen pounds, which is like that's just bones at that point, bones and organs. So, so this was something I really, I think you and I both tried to avoid is the. The extreme physical yeah. uh, commitment. Because that's kind of easy. Well, it's not, I don't think it's easy. It's just been done so many times that it's just hard to pick one over the other. Easy is the wrong word, but it's it's less, it's not what we're looking for. There's, yeah. there's more layers to the commitment of acting. Yeah. Um, so one real quick one I did was Mad Max, Fury Road, uh, Tom Hardy. Uh, f- physical, but also. I put Charlie so, Theron in that too. Um, he, uh, but also, so he is, it was interviewed during the shooting of it and honestly was very disheartened in that he just couldn't see how this movie was going to come together in any plot. Like, cause he only has like 15, 20 something lines in it. Yeah. Um, he's always like, the what? it's just something small. And he, I, so the fact that he stuck it through and like really put, put his all into, into the role without knowing where it was going or what he just put his faith into the director. Yeah. Um, and cause this guy, I think it's George Wells. I think, uh, um, anyways, the director wanted to do this for so long and eventually he saw it and he said, I will do any movie this director wants to do no matter what. He's like, I completely misspoke. Yeah. So that dedication, that faith in a director and an idea. Yeah. Not only to mention too, they filmed it in a desert that averaged probably over a hundred degrees every single day that they're filming. I thought Charlize, I mean, at the same movie at the same length, Charlize Theron, you know, having to get in the best shape of her life, shave her head and, and kind of toughen up for this role too, though, you know, she's, she's been, she already proven that in movies like monster and, um, you know, Aeon Flux and stuff, but still, like the the pressure of redoing a classic like this and it end up in it ending up being better than the original, in my opinion, uh, is is a rare feat. Um, and it sounds like you know all their work that they put into it really shined through. All right, so we are coming up on an hour, dog. Want to want to put a bow on this baby? Um, any last final thoughts or? All right. Your favorite choice of mine and my favorite choice of yours. Okay. My favorite choice of yours is Rocky. I my, I completely yeah. didn't – it wasn't even on my radar, and it's just the definition of commitment and putting your complete soul into – both physically and mental into into a – and it's also a great movie, too in, – into a role in a movie. It was, it was a great choice, and it should have been in my top five. Uh, I, I thought you were going to be excited with my Bruno choice. That, that was good. You ended up convincing me of that. I don't know if I would have had it too, but it, it's definitely at the very minimum a, an honorable mention that I, sh- I should have at least looked at. But what, what was your favorite of mine? I mean, he also writes and directs that shit too. Um, uh, my favorite of yours by far, Johnny Knoxville uh, jacket. <laughs> like, I didn't even consider uh, That's the one I, I'm glad that we didn't know about it beforehand because that's like, it is. Talk about, I mean, it's physical commitment on a different level. Yeah. Um, it's, bi- it's risking bodily harm as an art, um, you know. And uh, but also, it's so just they, crazy they, to they, think they, about they, that because it, it's that? you're right, but it's just weird to even say that because these guys are yeah, jack. He had the right. It's like it's like uh, it's like the right. It's a record producer having the right ear. He had. It's like I said, just throwing a thong on. Or just putting bunny ears on, right. or just you know what I mean. It's, like, the, it's the details. Is, it's all, every detail that went into it that just makes it the masterpiece. That's why it's more. It's just it's it's so funny and like smart, but also commitment. These aren't they're not playing act. They're not playing parts either. They're themselves. Yeah. Like Steve-O is his life has been exposed 
in the most raw way possible. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think Knoxville was the right choice because of his, his, he's basically the puppet. He's the one, you know, yeah, he's the he's front, the he's the front man. And if you do go back and watch those movies, he's the craziest out of all. Yeah, all right. So I think, I think those are all my honorable mentions though, dog. Um, but, um, but there's definitely more, there's more physical ones that you could definitely consider, but I like what we said, it's the layers to these actors that really, yeah. that really kind of put our list together. Cool. All right, man. Well, this was fun. Um, hopefully you're staying safe there in Goffstown. Stay tuned. We're going to be doing a bunch more of these. And if, if anyone who's listening has any other suggestions for us, we're all game. We're uh, starting to hit our stride with these things and, and we're having a blast doing it. And we have the time to do it since we've got shit else to do during quarantine. So dog, always good to see you. Everyone who's yeah, listening. Mookie's, Mookie's at, it's almost six o'clock. Mookie's, oh wow. It's well past his dinner time. So oh, get him, get that dog something to eat. All right. Alright, dog, dog's gotta eat. Dog's gotta eat. Alright, see you later, homie. Alright, peace. Look up my shirt and tie. Set me up to zone out, pushing paper, slamming the stapler.